clave. Suena el bombo. Ando tumbado que el ritmo lo pongo yo. Pops and the Rips. Pops and Still pops. Yep, and I'm the Rican. And that makes wow. this the uh, Pop Pops and the Rican Show. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> how, how does that work again? <laughs> do you need a scorecard? <laughs> I think I do. I mean, too many variables too here many. today, people. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, today though, we are thrilled yes. uh, because uh, we have a guest who has come into uh, Gutty's Comedy Club in, in Greenwood. And, uh, and survived. And survived. Had, had a fan. I'm still alive. Help me get out. He's, he's just. Making, I mean, it's great to be here. He's just making that up, otherwise the muzzle goes back on. Uh, so uh, anyway, I know he had a great show last night. We got yes. another show tonight. Uh, but by the time you're watching this, those shows have, shows have ended. Already done. So uh, and the cops uh, will have come. That'll be done. it. We're done. You're it's the last show. You're welcome, Greenwood. So, uh, but other than that. Uh, our guest is uh, the the one and only uh, Paul Aldrich. Paul, and, uh, Paul so is if if you haven't seen him, shame on you. You better get you online, get online and, and, search and, and watch all of his videos, yeah. and then sing all the songs over and over uh, until, until they, you. They can <laughs> find me on the World Wide Web. Oh, is that you know, what that is? The kids are watching that thing. Today. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. in the internet. Yes. The World yes. Wide <laughs> Web. <laughs> Going to be big, I believe. I he's, so. he's even on some of that socialized media. Yeah, mm -hmm. socialized but, media. Works. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm not in favor of socialist media, by the way. Well, I think that's just wrong. But that's, I, uh, so no, no politics today. I said sorry, sorry, my bad. I understand. Okay. You know, it seems like uh, it seems like every show uh, recently. Uh, we've got some comedian that rolls into town and then brings up some type of politics. Something. Like like during our grand opening it's just, show. It happens. During our grand Ooh. opening yeah, show, yeah. Dave, Dave the King Wilson, uh, who who also plays Santa Claus it, it, during the holidays. Really? Uh, and, and, he, and he does a bit where he's like, you know, uh, Santa's real, and if people say, you know, that he's not, you know, you tell them, well, there's there are some people, some, some adults actually, that believe in socialism <laughs> and even santa claus works at least one day a week. <laughs> yeah. so uh, so now uh, dave dave hit it last week now you're up here uh, here we go so, so, here we go uh we'll go ahead and uh, see that's, that's the end of the politics for that's today it. you're welcome that, that was we'll a see. segment right there we're good we'll see what much. happens uh with our next show yeah, yeah. it's nice exactly. to call on thank no. you so paul uh Get us started. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in the the whole world of, of comedy. Where yeah. 
uh, you know, where where did you get your beginnings? Where did you uh, gnaw the, the comedy bone and all that? Well, um, I guess I was a fan of comedy, just watching people on television, talk shows, that kind of thing, uh, listening to, to records a, as a kid. I always had kind of a sense of humor. Uh, that's not what my teachers called it. Right. Um, <laughs> or my Sunday school teachers, for that matter. Right, but, right. Uh, yeah, so just, you know, you always just had a comment for everything, so there was some sort of destiny involved. But uh, I really got my start uh, through an organization called Young Life. I grew up in church as a kid, but got involved with Young Life, which is a ministry to uh, teenagers. And, uh, and that's where I saw people, they were singing songs, and they were doing skits, and they had heart with what they were doing, and that, that just connected with me so I ended up becoming a, a volunteer Young Life leader when I was in college and that's where I started you know becoming a song leader I'd been playing guitar for several years and, uh, and leading skits myself and then turn the corner and just share a, a message of the gospel and so that was kind of where I, I cut my teeth but it was really working with youth that I got to I learned how to capture a crowd's attention and yeah. try to take them somewhere and uh, in college, I got together with a friend of mine that played guitar, and we started uh, leading songs at camp. So we were song leaders, and then we would take uh, Christian cover songs of the day and do little concerts. And then eventually started writing some of our own music. And then eventually he became a, uh, a full-time youth pastor. And uh, I went out on my own. And that's when I was still really a song leader who was funny, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I didn't really have much of an act, but I was working with some very funny speaker comedians. Uh, Ken Davis, there was a guy mm -hmm. in California named Pat Hurley. Mm -hmm. And I would watch what these guys did comedically. I mean, just great, hilarious stand-up comedy. And then wow. they would turn the corner and just share the heart of God with people. And it's like, oh man, I, I love that combo. There's an individual sort of doing what I did in Young Life as a group. Yeah. They were doing it as an individual. Yeah. And so I kind of started doing my musical version of what they would do, you know, songs about parents and parents and kids and growing, you know, just whatever, you know, was going on at, at that time with the audience. So it was mainly youth events at, at that time in, in my life. So I did a lot of youth stuff, song leader slash comedy boy yeah. and then eventually got a body of material where I became a comedian not just a song leader who was humorous but you know a funny guy who yeah. started doing concerts as opposed to kind of you know leading songs and stuff and so that grew over a period of time and mainly youth stuff back in those days and mainly on the west coast and California and such and then you sort of just by word of mouth people find out you do a youth conference and that leads you to a new denomination that has a conference in Missouri and yeah. this and that. So that grew just uh, over a period of time. And then at some place you, you start going beyond the youth world and you get older and you lose your hair and uh, <laughs> you start working for people of all ages. And so I went from doing youth events to doing, you know, father-son events right, and right. family <laughs> events and whatever. And so right. uh, that's kind of the, the, the basic quick little you know, overview of, of how things kind of began and, and got moving forward. That's really cool. What I want to ask is, uh, since you touched on the, the subject of you know, like Christian comedy or even the subject of clean comedy, mm -hmm. um, we're noticing here in, in Greenwood that we're having a lot of a conversation between comics who don't do clean versus, you know, uh, clean comedy. So it's like, give, give, if you can explain a little bit what your take is on what, how to work clean and the importance of working clean uh, versus you know just taking the, the 
easy route and just yeah well it was never a, a, a conflict for me because right from the start I was coming from a ministry standpoint and working right, to the right, comedy right. so it wasn't like I had to oh I got to change my act or whatever right although in every context you have to learn where the boundaries are because there's church clean yeah. and there's clean clean mm -hmm. you know and then there's anything goes or even but even there it's like oh, there's some things that you got to decide like we you know joking about political but you got to decide you know do you want to rant on one thing and really offend right. a whole portion and have them never be your fans right. or do you try to do something down them but you have to decide what is true to your soul and what you want to do so uh, so the, the the clean thing was was never a, an issue and I think uh, this is my personal opinion. I, I think people that work hard to do it clean will be uh, have bigger careers mm -hmm. because they aren't slamming doors. If they're funny and clean, they can work everywhere. If they're funny and dirty, they can't work everywhere. Wow, that's interesting. See, that's and if they're not funny, they they'll never work. Well, hopefully, to. unless they have a really good website and then they get right. to work there once. And, <laughs> I mean, because that has been just a hot topic, uh, especially when Gunny's launched. You know, it was like, well, you're not really a real comedy club, right. and uh, we'll wait till a real comedy club comes to the to the city. And it's like, well, what's what do you consider a real comedy club? Is it because we're not, you know. Uh, you know, dark and blue, right. um, but we're offering, you know, uh, comedy. So comedy, you know, it's, it's almost like it's, it's it's very subjective, we know that. Um, but at the same time, there it, there's more to um, doing clean, more opportunity, is what I'm saying. Yeah, Your reach there is. will go farther Absolutely. If, you can, if you can work that. And that's kind of what we're trying to relay here, um, especially in the comedy scenes, that we're not saying we're better, we're just saying it's an option to get you more opportunity uh, for your career if you're serious about it. Yeah. And we're providing we're providing something yeah. that isn't specifically being provided for the market. Right. Because you we you know Indianapolis has three solid clubs. They do, yeah. That are that have been established. You know, yeah. And and even in those clubs you talk about there are certain clubs that everything goes and then there's some uh, you know uh, Ruth Anna Crackers has some guidelines. There are certain things she doesn't want said from her stage, yeah. and so there are some parameters there. Yeah. You know, so there are different levels of, of right. what people, the what the management is willing to allow to happen from their stage. Yeah, uh, and so we're just trying to provide something that isn't being done through those clubs. Uh, so that if a family wants to go out and have, yeah. you know, exactly, it, yeah, and, and I personally don't have a problem with, you know, I, I understand comics that. You know, they live in a world where cursing and all that's kind of normal, mm -hmm. and and I'm not going to tell that guy if, if you know if it isn't a concern for him. I'm not going to. Oh man, you got to make it a con you know yeah. you, you 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 can be true to yourself as long as they aren't using the foul language as a crutch. You know, it's just like oh, I can tell a joke, or if I can drop an f bomb at the end of the joke, then will, people yeah. will, will get you know a little just that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, all right, if that's all it is, then you're you're selling yourself short. But there's some people who are who who use foul language and are hilarious and are great artists. Right. And I might go see them. Uh, I might not book them at my church. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I might go see them because they are commenting on society and they're going beyond yeah. the, the the shock value yeah. and and they're they're touching on the human condition. 
and they're really getting into some territory. I guess I would put them in the not far from the kingdom territory. It's like, man, you are you are really giving some insight into our culture, into our life, you know, not just ranting about this and that. And so guys that do that who have an edge to them, I, I, you know, I, I got no problem. And some of them, I guess I would put a, a Chris Rock or, or somebody like in that kind of category. It's like, it's not what I would do. But man, this guy slices and dices relationships and yeah. cultural insights. It's like, man, well, that, that, one of the guys. Poet. Yeah, <laughs> one, one of the comics that that I have, I've always enjoyed, and uh, now that he's he's gone, uh, I definitely miss his presence in the comedy world with George Carlin. Mm -hmm. And uh, George Carlin was a wordsmith, and so every time he used a word, it didn't matter what word it was. It had a purpose, and it was adding value to the funny. It was ultimately bringing the funny, yeah. and so he would parse words and just dissect things into such the smallest segments and make things that you know a, a church crowd would be. Oh, uh, oh we, wait a we, better, yeah. we have to pray for his soul, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, he was hilarious. But he did it with purpose, and I think that's where, when you're talking about people using something as a crutch, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's. I, I say quite often that it's it's the evidence of lazy writing and and lazy focus mm -hmm. that I, they they haven't taken the time to actually write good, funny comedies, and now they have to use something to prop up yeah. their laziness. Now, now I, you can even flip it though the other way uh, if in the Christian comedy world, mm -hmm. especially. Sometimes I think some people don't work hard enough at their art because they get by because they have a testimony that's powerful, right. or exactly. or right. they they know how to push the buttons in in Christendom. You know, you know, assuming that you're all on my side and way into the Christianese, right. they, they can play those things. And to me, that's, that's just as bad. Yeah. You know, I it's agree. like, no, yeah, no, you, you, your, your art should stand on its own. So work harder and don't go, uh, you know, give me an amen. And, uh, right. you know, isn't that so true? God bless y'all. You know, yeah. like every other joke, like, it's yeah. like, you have yeah, to like me because I'm a nice person. Like, God bless you all is kind of the Christian F-bomb. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, those Christian people, they, they had F-bombs that were just sliding in, disguising it a little bit. So I don't know. So well, they use that. That, yeah. that does bring, it brings a, a kind of a, a question that I have for you then is, uh, where... Where do you get your inspiration, and what's your writing process then for what you do uh, as a as a mu musical artist? Yeah. Uh, first of all, you you're working on the craft of music and the craft of comedy. Right. So you're putting in some extra time, and, and kudos <laughs> for an true. old guy like That's you true. to do that. Right. Uh, and as a fellow old guy, I'm like, wow, <laughs> stop it! You make me look lazy. Uh, but no, in terms of when, when it comes to then, you're, you're wanting to look for the funny and, and really bring the funny. Yeah. Uh, what's kind of your, your inspiration points and what's your, how do you go about writing for, for your sets, for your comedy? Well, I'm, I'm not as prolific. I have friends who are a lot more active writers. I kind of I go in spurts a little bit, uh -huh. uh, but I, I try to be a collector of ideas kind of all the time. So I usually have a little notebook with me, I don't have it, but I always got my, my phone just 
so if, especially if it's a song parody idea or something, or might be, a, a, you know, for me it can be, all right, I want to do a, a something in that style, or I want to parody that song, that uh, that's a good story song, I can flip that, or hmm, that's a big hit, I got to do something even if it's five seconds of that. So I'm, I'm always kind of, my ears up for musical references of, you know, uh, colors I haven't played with mm. before. So that's an ongoing process as well as then just an observer of life all around because mm. uh, the older you are you tend to have categories. Okay, there's relationship stuff, there's church stuff, there's society trend stuff, political correctness or politics or whatever that you know and I got my approach or how I'm on to deal with these right. categories. Right. So when I see something you know uh, that's that fits in. Oh, there's a relational thing. I'm you know, you watch a family and you you watch. I was at a coffee shop today and the parents are ordering uh, food and there's two sons that are I don't know you know eight ten years old maybe and they got their iPads and they're just, just there's, there's nothing around them at all. It's just the I mean the iPads are as big as them. They're like there you go. It's like okay, mm -hmm. you know that's that's family today. Right. You know right. the, yeah. the little Rockwell paintings wow. would have to. A device in them because they never ever <laughs> leave good. the photo. That's so true. Right. So yeah. so you 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 know like okay, there's something about that. Just just funny. These great big honking iPads. It wasn't even just a little phone. They, they're probably too young to have phones, but they're not too big to lug the television with them right. Right. to the coffee shop on a Saturday, so mom and dad can get the order in right. without all heck breaking loose. So right. Right. Uh, so you're just cataloging things. I may have a place. Oh, that goes right here or. I'll write it down and it's a category, just something that occurs to you in, in the midst of it. So the biggest thing, and I, any advice I would offer to anybody that's working on it, is become a better and better observer, a better noticer, and somehow capture it. If you, you'll do something, because a lot of times it's just you ad-lib, you know, we, we talk in here and I'd be like, oh, all right, I gotta remember this, and man, if I don't write it down, 30 minutes later, I go, it's gonna that go. thing, yeah. you said that I, that, that was, I don't know what. <laughs> so be a, be a noticer and a capturer. Yes. And See, then that's what I'm talking about. about. Showing off like that. He's, he's, <laughs> he said it takes 30 minutes for him to lose. Three seconds later, I'm like, you, know, you, did, you said something. Oh, no, who am I? No. Sure. No, but even like, you know, watching our, our opening uh, act last night, Haas, you know, yeah. he's doing some things. It's like, oh, well, there's the like it, you know. It's just watching people. So when you watch other com comedians or listening to music, you know, looking for things, and then after a while, you sort of have uh, your own style or trends that you know, like, oh yeah, that's really doable for me, or something will spur an idea that takes adds on to a thing. You know, Woody yeah. Allen used to talk about you know writing a joke and then just how far can I take it, either direction, you know, in time or in exaggeration or in the beginning, and uh, so you know, as you're watching, sometimes you can go, oh, that fits in my bit right here about what men and women say to each other or what parents say to kids or kids say right. to parents. Like, ah, I got, I had two jokes, now I got three. Right. And you, you capture it. So it's just being, being a noticer. So the process, it can start any number of ways. Uh, I'm more of a, a mu musician who does stand-up as opposed to the reverse. Yeah. Stand-up's hard for me to do, but if I get the music as a core focus, then I can write an intro or an outro out of it. it. Yeah, okay. That's pretty much you know what I do. So uh, so right now I'm, uh, I'm 
you know, dusting off some older songs and I'm working up some, some new things. Uh, I got to try some, some new things out just, just last night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and those tend to be, um, like, especially because I do a lot of parody, yeah. what I'm trying to especially do with parodies now is rather than just having them be a wordplay, it's got to be more into a, a culture now kind of thing. Mm. So even if I'm reaching way back in time for a song, like I wrote a, a, a song a while back uh, on the, uh, let's see, was it the, um, If I Had a Hammer. And so I wrote a parody years ago to that song, and it was talking about cable TV and different things. Well, I wouldn't sing that song now. It's like cable is so yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got to be online. phone, it's YouTube, Maybe, or yeah. it's this and that. So you update it, and then it became, you know, if college students were singing protest songs like that, they would be asking for their safe places and their right. this or that. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, so it's you making sure, you know, even if the word play, which is a, often a key to parody, that rhyme that you have in common, substituting a word, you don't want to just do that. You got to zero in on the times mm. so to make sure everything is appropriate because there's nothing lamer, you know, that it, you don't have to be young to do comedy, but if you're talking about only something that happened 40 years ago without connecting it to today, then you're just you're just lazy. Then you're just being an old guy complaining. Yeah, you know, it's like I remember when I was uh, just. Uh, no, I hate it when my Sony Walkman is like, dude, no, 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 no. They don't they don't know what a VCR is, let alone you know, just wishing that they still had one. Uh, I, I hate it when I pull a muscle with my boombox up yeah. on my shoulder. But I've seen guys do that. You know, they'll they'll make a reference to a, a company that's gone out of business, and it's yeah. like, you know, that's well, true. You know, does Walmart still have greeters? Like, it's not funny now because they, there's nobody harassing you there like they all used to. So right. it's different. So you got to lose that tune, or you got to give a reason that it, you can still do it. It used to be this, and then right. you connect it right. to what is now. So, so that's a lot of it. Is with the music. I, I'm looking for like I'm doing uh, some some Beatles parodies that I was trying out. It's like okay, that music happened a long time ago, but it's culture wide. It's iconic, but it's got to be into the now and not you know making fun of you know using wordage that is 20 years old or yeah. whatever. You know. So you're uh, you're uh, if I had a hammer, the Beatles. Uh, you could do uh, something with the. Uh, uh, Maxwell's uh, Silver Hammer. Uh, this is the serial killer song that the Beatles had. Which, Yikes! It's like I, my my son, who is who is now a comedian out in, in uh, Portland, Oregon. Uh, he he brought that to my attention. He would want to listen to some music. He goes, Dad, you do know this song is about a, a serial serial killer. And I was like, Okay, that. Uh, all these years, I've listened. To it. I, I didn't think about it that yeah, way, but, but thanks for ruining that song. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so, yeah. Ah, sing along, everybody. So take out your knives now. No, no, don't do that. So uh, when it comes, then you 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 kind of come up with uh, a song that you want to you want to make the changes and, and that, and you've got the uh, the creative juices flowing. What's your editing process like? Because one of the things I talk about in uh, when I'm teaching uh, comedy college uh, for for you guys that are kind of learning writing for for comedy, yeah, I spend a lot of time talking about that editing process. What's the editing process like with when you're writing stuff for song? 
uh, versus you know tr traditional stand-up. Right. Yeah, because I can imagine you have to at least you know you have to create a uh, music sheet to match. And so, what song are you going to use, and what style are you going to use? Rock, jazz, you know. So that's right. that's a little bit more. Uh, yeah. What's what's jokes. hard about it is, uh, you know, every the the audience tells you when you've succeeded. Mm -hmm. You know, it's with a thing about, you know, if you're just writing, you know, a ballad, a love song or whatever, you know, you do it, everybody claps at the end and it's no big deal. But but comedy is the one art form. It demands response. The audience gets to vote. Doesn't matter who you are, you know, you watch Jerry Seinfeld's comedian, this wonderful, wonderful uh, documentary that, that, that yeah, he did. You know, he's Jerry Seinfeld. He still has to go out there on the stage and some joker from Cleveland gets to tell him, Jerry Seinfeld, what's funny. That's just the way it works. The audience gets their vote, and you can think it's clever as heck, but that's yeah. just not, you know. So yeah. what's tricky with music is uh, with, with stand-up, you can kind of know a general direction, get a compass direction, and sort of find the words as you go. With music, I've got to get every word perfect, yeah. then have the audience tell me what's, what to keep and what not. Then I've got to erase those tapes, put new words in, and so the process I try to do everything I possibly can in a you know in my own. Maybe have a couple small folks that I'll you know or you know a small group that I'll bounce things off of. My wife or a couple you know yeah. that I really trust. I've got uh, my my comedian friend Robert G Lee. Uh, RobertGLee.com is a great writer, so yeah. Robert will often give me insight. So before I go to the audience standpoint, I've I've done as much as I can, but then still, you know I'll. They, they tell me what's working and what's not. Yeah. And so that's, that's hard. So the rewriting process is, is real brutal. But for all comedians, that's just what you have to do. So the process is you know, do all you can in front of the mirror or to your, your, your friend or just in the silence. But ultimately, you got to get it in front of people. Mm -hmm. And I find if it's something I, it's pretty rare that I'll really think, oh, this is going to go and it's just not there now. I mean, if I, by the time I've tried to write something, I got a pretty good inkling that it's that it's going to work. Yeah. It's rare that it's just like, mm. you know, but it it does happen. Just like, well, I guess that was just for me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but uh, or, which, which or, is actually a line I use sometimes in my show yeah. when no. when I hit a punchline and the audience doesn't give me the same reaction. I'm like, I, uh, yeah, some of these jokes are just for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys, you, you've yes. had your, you've had your fill. I haven't had any yet, so this was exactly. that was just for me. Yeah, or or sometimes like there's in part of this Beatles medley thing that I'm working on. I I got to do it in a couple of shows, and there was one song I knew like this is probably pushing too far. Mm. And it just that it's not mean spirited, but it's so politically correct charged mm -hmm. that even if I'm in an audience that's sympathizing with my point of view. There, it, it might make them uncomfortable just because we're, we're all traumatized now. Yeah. And and sure enough, every, it's just like ah, uh, it's too far. So I got to dial it back, and then I, I so I rewrote it, and then I'm rewriting it again. Even just after last night, you're like, okay, uh, you know, you got to fight to find an appropriate level of uh, so that it's serving your show. I don't want to divide. I want everybody. I don't care where they're coming from. I want everybody who walks into a room to be able to enjoy my show. They don't have to be a conservative, a liberal, a whatever. You okay. know, uh, I want a Christian, an atheist. Right. I, I should. My art should be good enough to work anybody. That's my goal. Okay. 
you know, to not just go, oh yeah, I'm the comedian who's only for for these right. people. Right. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I have no problem with you know the guy that does parodies for Rush Limbaugh, but I'm not aiming at that target. To like you know, and everybody else is you know, let's shame right. the rest of the world. It's right. like, okay, man, nail that. Go ahead. That's yeah. not what I do. Yeah. I, I, as, as much as can I can, I try to be there so that everybody can. Let's all laugh at our own candidates, our own side a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, that, that's just a, you know, kind of a, a general overview. But it's a process. The audience gets to tell you, and then you have to listen uh, rather than go, oh, they're idiots because they. Think this is too far. It's like if you're making them uncomfortable, you know, what are you gaining? You know, you're going to just keep jamming that thing, right. or it's just, or you know, just from a pure laughter standpoint, it's just soft. You got to get rid of the soft stuff. You got to listen to the audience. Now, sometimes it's the setup. The goal is good. Got to change the setup. That's the that's just the the process. How can you, you know, get it better? Especially with with music. A lot of times it's context. What yeah. I say before makes the song work. Yeah. If I if I'm you know sloppy about the opening, then you know they they won't like the the tune as well and it won't have the punch. Nice. nice. So you you talked about early on when you were uh, uh, young life. I think you said. Yeah. Uh, see, I, 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 but I used to be a, I used to be a young young life leader. Now now I'm an old life leader. Uh, so <laughs> times but change from from those days. Uh, and you mentioned Ken Davis and and Pat Hurley too. Uh, giants, actually, you know, in uh, kind of that the early days of, of what we call clean comedy. Yeah, and speaker uh, comedians. Yeah. I would say you know put for those guys. Uh, but were were those were those two guys uh, kind of influential in uh, kind of advising you and coaching you early on? I mean, you, you mentioned Ken specifically because and, and you you live close to Ken now, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, de definitely. Uh, Ken had a had an impact, and uh, in fact, we we did a, a Christmas album along with Phil Keggy here. Ken came on, came on one of my shows, and uh, he was willing to drive down the street and come and do it, and I was very happy. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, so uh, Jimi so, Hendrix was on one of my shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, so so Ken was influential, and I would say Pat was was a very much a door opener. He helped get me into doing. Uh, school assemblies where I would do kind of values oriented assemblies and so those guys would uh, mentor me you know a, a, a little bit I'd say my buddy Robert has been a huge partner you know having uh, a, somebody going through the path with you is really helping I'd say you know any young comic you build relationships maybe even with people you know who are at your level so you can grow together it doesn't always have to be oh I gotta be friends with you know I gotta if I'm not best buds with Tim Hawkins I got no chance it's like right. well just make be be kind and be friends and you know yeah. figure it out. So, yeah. uh. so looking back, uh, whether it was Ken Davis, Pat Hurley, I know Robert G. Uh, probably never gave you any real good advice. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, because because Robert's gonna be rolling through again. He's coming in here in in October. Uh, it. Uh, it kind of and, depends how this ends up. Actually, right, if he's gonna right, show up. Right, right, right. Well, you know, Robert G. Lee is the most hilarious. Uh, no, yeah, just uh, but safe. When, right. uh, looking back, whether it was any of those guys or since then, what's what's some of the best advice somebody's given to you about? Your comedy. Quit. <laughs> so you know Thor Ramsey. 
<laughs> no, that's from audiences every night. But I don't right, listen. Right, I am totally right. deaf to that. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I would say Robert just as a role model of somebody that works really hard at the process. Like, don't settle for the soft stuff. I think especially to Christian comics, I would say, don't settle for the soft stuff. Listen, record yourself every time if possible, and then go review it and listen and let the audience tell you how you really did. And what often you'll hear is a lot of soft, polite stuff, and then those big laughs, like when you get those, okay, can you get more of those? Can you bring the soft one up, or does that one have to go? and you think you had five minutes, maybe you have two. Two, right. You know, and I'm sorry that that's going to cut your night down, but, but that's what good comedians do. That's what good club comics do, because otherwise they won't be invited back. They can't, right. do, they can't do five minutes that's too good and three soft, because right. there's some guy that's going to do five killer, where the jokes per minute are coming, and yeah. they, when they hit a, aim at a target, they hit it. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, you know, I say Robert, by example, has, has been encouraging that way, but then it, you, you just watch guys and you watch whatever their pace and their rhythm is, when they hit a aim at a target, they hit it. And so get rid of the soft stuff, I would say to everybody, be just brutally honest with yourself, record yourself and go over and just see what can I do to raise up that, the, the number of laughs or the consistent threshold. Uh, and don't let yourself get away with, with the soft stuff. That's good. Yes, sir. That's you, good. You got any questions? I'm good. I'm not, I mean, I'm just I'm soaking it all up. I'm just wanna I want to be able to uh, to at least apply that too as well. Um, you know, writing is, is so vital. So it's like the process is so vital to to know um, exactly what'll work, what won't, and and seeing that it's, it's the same process. For everybody across the board, no matter what level you're in, right. it's the same process. So you can't just hurry up and, and, and just think that it's just going to come out and you're done. Oh, I don't even have to plan for it. I'm yeah. just going to go out there and wing it. And it's yeah, and I'll say one thing on just just shaping an act as far as just any kind of advice or instruction. If we're kind of going a little bit in that territory, yeah. it's like you got to look at the arc of your show. Uh, most things end up in three acts, and so even if you're doing 12 minutes, it might be. Uh, you know, three, four-minute sets. You know, boom, mm -hmm. boom, so that you're taking an audience on a on a journey rather than rambling. Now, some guys they just have a rambling side. Stephen Wright, well, it doesn't matter. Walk in, walk out of a show. It's the same rhythm. It's the whole thing. Right. But that's that's what it's he does. Style, right. You know, it works for him. Right. Uh, but I, I like to to try to find you know segments that are distinct so that you can take people on a journey, whether it's in time or in subject matter. It's relationships, it's things that annoy me, it's, you know, you, you find categories and then yeah. you fix those things. So making it, making it really consistent. And then find a way to get off the stage strong. Strong. Uh, you can, right. you can just strong. suck. Yeah. And if you have a good finish, then there's a chance they'll, they'll bring you back. And one of the best things to, to end with is if you have a set piece, like Haas last night. Uh, ending with uh, a whole rap kind of a thing. He, yeah. he did a lot, a lot of stand-up and then he ends with this very clever musical parody kind of deal. It's energy right. to get off the stage and so I'm a real fan of set pieces whether it's uh, it's music 
or a poem or something rhythmic that speaks that leads to a punch, you know, or a special, they play music over what you do or something, you know, it's a character, whatever the thing is, is there something you can do? Because in this age of shrinking attention spans, uh, man, people are checking out and their, their minds are prone to wander. So mm -hmm. you've got to give a different look, a different visual, something. So, so really, I, I, I try to work back, what, how can I finish strong? You know, or what do I need to do to get to that point? But but try to finish strong so you can get off the stage with with, with some some punch. That's good. That's uh. I, now I got to start over. <laughs> Man. Your, your whole life and Man. career. This whole time. There goes the last twenty years. <laughs> you and me both, brother. Been doing it wrong. Oh well, you know. No. Well. Uh, Paul, I appreciate you uh, taking some time because uh, I know uh, in, in, on the day in between shows, you know, you could be kicking back, relaxing. Yeah. You could be uh, writing new songs and seeing the sights of Greenwood. Sights oh, of Greenwood. yeah! Woo! I almost took the bus tour, and well, I thought, no, no, I'll just you know <laughs> lay low here. You should have. You could have taken a, a walk along the River District. Yeah, the River District. Yeah, because. Yeah. Uh, Great. Pretty Greenwood, cool, huh? Greenwood made this big announcement here a while back that they they were expanding their river district, ooh, so that they could uh, they could add some some new liquor licenses. Oh. And that was the only way that legally through the through the uh, All right, gotcha. legislature they could they had to expand their their, their river district. And uh, after after we get done with recording the this show, uh, I'll take you outside and show you the river district that runs right next to us here. <laughs> Uh, you, I don't know if you noticed the, the trickle of water that runs I, I, You know, I must have missed the mighty Mississippi rolling oh, through here today. But man, it's, it's a growing <laughs> district. It is a growing district in Greenwood. And it's a beautiful walk, uh, I think. I, Do they ever turn the faucet off to well, the river? You know, I, I hope they don't because uh, you know, there, there's big plans to have people come to the river district. And since we're right on the edge of the river, we want people to come. So. Boy, kind of a yeah. floodplain to the river. Exciting. Uh, well, we, that's why we're we're glad we're kind of up on the uh, the upper yeah. edge of that big river because yes. uh, build your house on the yeah. rock, brother. <laughs> I, I hope Giacomo down there has right. sandbags just right. in case, just in case, just you know? in case. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I I appreciate you taking time out of uh, your your day to come yeah. sit down and, and share some ideas with. Uh, with those folks that uh, join us, whether they're yeah. watching us on YouTube or listening to us on their podcast yeah. formats on the interweb stuff, mm -hmm. uh, any insight is is always good. And I know you have added some value to us in yeah. terms of uh, before we started. And you know, we talked a little bit about some show, yeah. uh, just hmm. ideas for keeping a show going yeah. and bringing energy to it, yeah. and uh, those types of things. Uh, so. If somebody's looking to uh, to find more out about Paul Aldrich and, and that, uh, where where do people find you? How do they get the you you, you talked about you talked about a new uh, CD that you had with Phil Keggy and yeah. uh, and Ken Davis. Uh, where where do they find those kinds of things? Uh, How do they get to find? Touch basically, go to go to PaulAldrich.com. It's A L D R I C H. PaulAldrich.com. I also produce some shows in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, music and comedy shows. Paul Aldrich and Friends. And so you can get on that mailing list or uh, just go to my website. I've got a YouTube channel also, uh, Paul Aldrich Comedy. So any of stuff there, like me on Facebook, uh, all, all the usual uh, social media stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, that's the, the place to go. Awesome. Well, check him out. 
and yeah, uh, you're gonna if if you haven't seen any of his stuff, you're gonna find him on the YouTube yes. uh, thing, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna love it. So uh, yeah. check him out, and then uh, send him money. Uh, yes, you support. can do that any time, any time. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and and you can send his money to uh, Dennis Tooley. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Made so, out to wait a minute. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, since I don't think I have any more questions or anything stupid to say, uh, and, and you don't have any questions, do, do, you, do, you, have, do you have anything I'm else you want to add to the to the good of the body? Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Good. Thanks right. for bringing me to your sure. your, your club, sure. and I, I just wish you guys the the best of success here. Thank you. Uh, Gutty's Comedy Club here, Greenwood, Indiana. Yes. Go yes. for it. May may uh, check this, us out. You guys just uh, grow and grow and grow. Blessings on you, man. Thank you. So we uh, go to Gutty. Gut, yeah. Go to. I'm a professional talker, by the That's way. <laughs> go to GuttyscomedyClub.com. You yeah. can find out all the information about upcoming shows. We've got. Uh, local levity with his local comics from the Indianapolis area, and then coming we've got uh, Andy Beningo coming up, yeah, and September. and then we've got uh, as we roll into September and October, we've got some great shows. So check them all out online. Yep. Buy your tickets online. Mm -hmm. You can order uh, your snack packs and all that stuff yep. online. Yep. So pretty much go to GuttyScomedyClub.com and and. Get everything and if you get know. after you do all of that, if you get a chance to check out Paul Aldrich too, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, check him out. Go it's ahead, real. And Paul Aldrich and friends, you can check that out too. Uh, I'm good with that. Uh, anyway, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode yeah. of uh, of the Pops and Dorican show. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm Pops, <laughs> and I'm Dorican, and this has been the, the Pops and Dorican show. show. Yeah, deuces. Deuces. <laughs> I think that's how the kids do it now. That's Deuces. how they do it. Deuces! Toca la clave. Suena el bombo. Es muy tumbado que el ritmo lo pongo. Pops and Rios. Pops Look at this dude. Look at this Look at the top of his head! Look at his lips! Pops and Pops and Pops.